Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Web Chatham Report, episode 46. But then I went and watched Midsommar today, and now I'm in a really bad mood because it was a terrible movie. People told me it was a good movie, but it's not a good movie. It's a bad movie. Uh, You wouldn't know it's a bad movie until the very end because it's got, like, a modicum of suspense building up, and the plot sort of keeps you interested even though it's so slow and not scary at all. But by the end, you realize it's not a good movie because you keep thinking there's going to be some interesting twist or thing that they say or commentary or something to make it worthwhile. And there's not. I mean, there's an attempt at one. Yeah, I'm trying not to do spoilers here, but I don't know, man. It was just bad. (laughs) And I mean, the sets are pretty. And, you know, I saw the preview and I was like, oh, it's going to be like the Wicker Man or Mandy. It'll be really fun and cool and weird and spooky and culty. But no, it takes like the worst parts of Mandy and the Wicker Man and jettisons all the good parts. I mean, I guess, you know, there's boobs in it and boobs are a good part of the Wicker Man, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's just not a good movie. There's some fun commentary on like millennials, I guess. That's kind of interesting at the beginning that they do nothing with. But I mean, there was one point I laughed. Well, I laughed a couple other times later because it was so dumb, but yeah, not my jam, not my jam. And so now I'm wondering, everybody told me Hereditary was really, really good, and and is it? (laughs) Because if it's only as good as this one, then I don't really want nothing, anything to do with it. Uh, It's a real bummer because, you know, I postpone my podcast. It's Sunday. I like to do it on Saturdays, but I put it off a day because, well, you know, we went to a party, a birthday party for Julian. He turned four yesterday, Harry and Alice's kid. That was really fun. I like I like kids' birthday parties. They start at like 10.30 in the morning, and they're done at like noon. And you can just go home and get on with your day. And so I was going to get on with my day and do the podcast. But I thought to myself, you know, it's been two weeks. And I have watched a lot of movies over the last two weeks, especially the week I was on vacation. But uh, I'm going to see Midsommar tomorrow. People say it's really great. And so I'll do the podcast after that. So I have one more movie to talk about. And it was a terrible mistake. And now I don't even really want to do this. I just want to like go into a Civilization 6K hole and waste away the rest of this beautiful day, at least until my daughter wakes up in another hour or so. But no, I got to do the podcast. Because if I don't do the podcast, then, you know, I'm not doing my project. And then I don't have many projects that I'm actually working on at the moment. And like, that'd be one more that I'm I'm not doing and I don't feel good about that you know I'm trying to get back into the swing of things after a week's vacation I mean I worked this week but I worked from home and everybody was sort of ramping up after the holiday so it wasn't too bad I mean there's a lot of calls you know but I managed I managed and I was like okay I'm on a roll I'm on a productivity gaining role here but no Midsommar rule ruined it I almost said ruled it did not rule it did not rule 
Anyway, Chatham County is lovely this time of year. It's very hot. It's in the mid-90s. It'll be like 100 this week, and the humidity is through the roof, and occasionally it rains, but I love it, you know? I mean, we're kind of basically live in a forest, so it's not like being in New York where there's all that concrete to make it even hotter, and you don't really go outside and then downstairs into a subway that's 110 degrees and then sweat a lot and then get into an overly overly air-conditioned subway car and then sweat some more and then get out and sweat some more and then go to the office and sweat some more. You know, that really happens. So, you know, we take a walk every night, but I put on a nice, like, athletic, you know, wick-away shirt, and I we do the walk, and I come home, and I, I change, and I dry off, and it's fine. It's fine. The weather's fine. 90 degrees is fine here. It's not like 90 degrees in New York. Also, it's not any hotter here than it is in New York. It's weird. People are always like, oh, my God, it'd be so hot there. I'm like, no. New York or Boston, even, those places are hot. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's lovely here. We, uh, saw Harry and Alice a bunch recently. Alice came over with Julian during the holiday, my vacation week over the 4th of July weekend. And then we had dinner with them and that was lovely. And we just saw them uh, the, the other night, uh, day, morning, yesterday. <laughs> For Julian's birthday party, uh, which is really cool. I like all their friends too, but it's like kind of frustrating because everybody's got kids and you know, you're in the middle of this conversation. I was in a conversation with this guy about academia and talking about the shit show that is Alaska right now. And, uh, he was talking about some cool stuff they're doing in Texas with scholarships and stuff, but you know, got interrupted like six times by kids. And I'm like, oh, I see this guy once or twice a year for these people. And I really like him, but I can't really talk to him because there's always too many kids around. So that was a bit of a bummer. Uh, it works better one-on-one. So like our friend Nora came over she's an old barbarian she lives in raleigh with her husband ryan they got a daughter named marlo and they came over to visit because they go on drives on the weekend because marlo can only sleep in the car right now (laughs) oh my god suburbia uh so that was really nice because just the two of them and it was quite pleasant we just had a nice long chat and it was it was perfectly lovely Uh, and then i saw a actual human friend without kids Uh, my friend colin and i went to go see yay sayer at cat's cradle and we had a nice adult grown-up conversation because there weren't kids interrupting us every five minutes but it was pretty pretty pleasant you know that was good, but the heat's pretty intense, but I'm into it. I'm into it. I like it down here. I'm just finishing up these three weeks. Uh, I think I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go back to New York now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to hit the road again. I miss, I miss people. I've been keeping up with friends on the, on the text messages and the internet, but you know, it's not the same. It'll be good to see some people this week. I'm going to go to a party, a banker party. That'll be really fun. <laughs> yeah. I've never gone to an investment banker party. Yeah. That's a lie. I went to one once in South by, but, uh, yeah, it's going to, uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. What else is going on here? We got some copperhead snakes. They're in the neighborhood. They keep getting run over by cars and people find them on walks and it's very terrifying. I'm scared to go outside. You know, part of the reason I thought Midsommar was so dumb is because I was like, you obviously need to leave that place right now. But you know, that's that's not even the, the, the beginning of it because in every horror movie, they should always leave that place right now, but they don't. But you know. I was like, oh, God, outdoors. You know, I'm not into the outdoors. I'm just not. I like walking around on paved trails through the outdoors, but that's not particularly a great thing. And I'm okay with it because humans ruin the outdoors, and we should just stay in our little shelters, preferably in higher, more dense areas than I live in. But, you know, if we got to live in less dense areas, we should be mm, small footprint and blah, 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 and just maybe not go outside and ruin everything. So, you know, or run into a copperhead or a tick. Yeah, ticks. Ugh. 
Uh, anyway, speaking of small footprint, we got an estimate on more solar on Janet's roof. That's pretty exciting. We're going to do it not till October though. The demand is through the roof apparently, but we're going to do that and we're going to get a couple more power walls over there and her house will overproduce by 50%. So that is very exciting because one, it means the whole property will be net negative on its electricity consumption and two it'll mean we have excess power generation if we ever get a tesla so that's cool that'll be fun it's not happening for july august and four months though but you know something to look forward to in this miserable suburban world <laughs> yeah i think a lot about that do i i really don't like suburbia i like my house i like having space i like being cheap i like not leaving the house very much i'm really into it but you know suburbia is just kind of dumb otherwise I'm not going to kid you here. Uh, it'd be really cool if you could have suburbia, like maybe like a little house in Central Park or something, you know, like live in the woods, but have a city nearby. I don't really know how anybody could do that. You know, Jane Jacobs says it's impossible, but we'll talk about her later. We'll talk about her later. Jane is doing lovely. Her new word, not new, but the word she says all the time now is daddy. And it is the best. She just goes, daddy, daddy all the time. And I'm like, yes, this is what I signed up for. And I should say it's totally worth it. I'm totally into my daughter and it's worth the price to pay to be in suburbia to like have this daughter in my life. I mean, I know people raise kids in New York. Don't get me wrong, but I read that article about that church school in Brooklyn Heights that everybody read. They said it was great too. I was like, this is horrible. These are all horrible people. Uh, I guess it was well written, but it was just awful people. And I'm really glad I don't live in New York to raise my kid in New York. I, I, I know some of you are doing that and I apologize for it, but I'm just too old and I'm too lazy and I'm not, I'm done trying to win. <laughs> I don't want to do it all. I don't like Ajali. <laughs> I just got to do some very few number of things really well. And, you know, sometimes that means sacrifices. That's a lesson I've learned. I started a project this week. I'm trying to write down in the wonder list list all the things I've learned in life. You know, the things I've gotten better at, the things I haven't gotten better at. I focus a lot on the things I haven't gotten better at. I'm still not very good at being happy, you know what I mean, uh, and things like that. But, uh, you know, there's sometimes I think to myself, I'm very good at this. I've gotten good at this. I've gotten better at this. And, and I'll listen to a friend and be like, I don't know what I should do. I should do this or this. I'm like, you just have to choose. you got to choose one or the other. And they're like, well, yeah, but I don't get this. I'm like, yeah, every choice has pros and cons. It's just a thing. You just got to do it. And I used to not be able to do that at all. I was terrible at it. I tried to have everything and I wanted to do it all at once. And I ran myself ragged and I gained 300 pounds. Interestingly, even though I wanted to be thin and I was trying to do everything. Go ahead and explain that one. But, you know, about five years ago, I learned how to make choices and it's made my life a lot better. So that's a thing that goes on my list of things I've learned. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do that, but I've only got two things on the list so far. So <laughs> it's not a very long list, but you know, I'm only like five days into this project. Uh, let's see. I got one for you here. The other one. Oh yeah. It's a good one. Don't be scared of a thing you don't know about. Just try and learn it. Just start learning it. We'll learn one little small thing about it and the rest will come if you need it to. I was thinking about this. I, uh, I got a Titan security key. <laughs> it's a weird thing to have a major life lesson about, but, uh, you know, it's a hardware security key, kind of like two factor authentication. Like you got in your text messages, except for text messages aren't secure. Don't use that. Uh, you can use an app, like an authenticator app, like Google authenticate, which is pretty good, except for I was using that. And then I lost my phone. And so then that was a whole hassle. So then I switched to this other authenticator app called Authy. 
because my security consultant at work taught me about it and that's better because you can have it on more than one phone but it saves your passwords in the cloud and it can be compromised if you don't change this one setting saying don't let it happen on new devices so it's good it's better it's better in texts but uh it's not great i knew i should switch to a security key a hardware security key but i was just afraid of them i was like this is gonna be a big hassle you know and i was like you know man you've learned a lot of things in your life and the way you learn things is you just dip in you just dip in don't be afraid just take the first step so i bought the key and I was like, it's fine. You got like a hundred accounts and different things. And you just, just put it on one and just see how it works on one, maybe one, you know, non-critical account. I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. So I did. And I was like, oh, that's super easy. This is great. This isn't really bad at all. And then I got really into it. And then I added it to two of my Gmails. It doesn't work with uh, enterprise Gmails, which kind of sucks, by the way. I have stodgy.com, my domain I've owned for 20 years. I have that on enterprise email, G Suite, and I can't use it for some reason. And I'm paying. I don't really know what's up with that but you know i added it to dropbox i added it to like most of the things that need to be most secure so i've added this layer of security in my life and i was like man i was really scared of that i don't need to be that scared of that man you just gotta learn a thing you know uh, so that was, that's one of the two lessons I got in my little list of things I've learned. <laughs> I've learned other things, obviously, and I'm not going to do them. I just, as I learned them, but anyway, anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, man, I totally lost train of thought there. Let's talk about Jane and daddy. That was really great. She's really pleasant these days. Uh, the one thing's a little hard is I was on vacation for a week. So she like totally got used to being able to come over to me when I'm downstairs or during the mornings and come sit on my lap with a book. And so she's still doing it. It's just so cute, but it's like, I'm working you know? <laughs> or I'm, yeah, I'm trying to work. And she comes over with her little red caboose book and she's like, book, book. And she puts it down in front of me and says up. And I'm like, oh, God, okay, I got to do this. She's too cute. And then I have to pick her up and read her a book. And I feel bad, you know. But then I'm like, whatever, I work at home. I'm gone three days every two weeks, and I'm with my baby all the time, the rest of the time. People, there are people that don't have it near as lucky as me that have to work all the time. They never see their kids. I was talking to a friend recently and they were talking about, they also left New York and they were talking about when they lived in New York, the, the father just never saw his daughter because like by the time he got home from work, she was already in bed. And I was like, oh, I couldn't do it. So yeah, I, you know, I try to be thankful, but it is hard to see her like wishing I was still on vacation. Yeah. Anyway, she's great. She's doing well. Let's see. Music. All right. Discogs. I sold a Zini Giva CD. It was really exciting. Freedom Bondage. I was pretty thrilled about it, but then I couldn't find it. So I had to refund the guy. And then I found the CD. It wasn't filed correctly. And but he's already bought it. So I guess I'll never sell the Zini Giva CD. I was like the only person on the planet that's going to buy Freedom Bondage by Zini Giva in the next 10 years. And I wasted my chance. So that's a bummer. Uh, and then I sold a CD by this band Puka. I don't, I don't think I talked about Puka on the show, but a little over a year ago, I got really obsessed with Puka. I mean, I always liked Puka. I had one of their albums. It was on the side label of 4AD back in the day called Guernica. And I was like, I wonder what happened to Puka. And they had like four albums. I was like, oh my God, but they're not on Spotify. They're not on anything. So I bought all their CDs for like a dollar on Discogs and I ripped them and I listened to them all the time. But, you know, I put them back up for sale for somebody other than somebody else out there that's into Puka. And somebody bought one. They bought Spinning, an album by Puka. It's just fun to say that too. Puka. And I felt good about that, you know, that Puka CD just gets, just gets passed around to different people that are curious about Puka and they rip it and they listen to it. I hope he sells it on to someone else too. Uh, that band didn't get enough credit, you know, listen across their four CDs and it's by the end, I mean, they're very feist like they have an album that's kind of like metals, they have an album that's kind of like the one, two, three, four album. I can't remember what that album's called, but you know, like they're ahead of their time, Puka. 
uh, live shows. Like I said, I went and saw Yesay or Cat's Cradle with Colin. It was great. Uh, I never really realized what amazing voices those guys have. Colin was telling me that they came out of like a like a acapella group in Baltimore, I think he said. And I was like, oh my God, I, that makes so much sense. They just have amazing voices. Ever since I've been recording songs, I'm just in awe of any man who can sing well on stage without like auto-tune and without, you know, doing a, a growl or whatever. Uh, man, they only just have amazing voices. They're all perfectly in tune, perfect harmonies. It's, it's amazing. This is like the fifth time I've seen Yesayer too, and I never really noticed that before. Also, the lead singer cut his hair, and it's real weird because now he looks kind of like a frat boy, and it kind of freaks me out. But they're still very good. You know, Yesayer's still very good. No shows, I think, until the Merge 30th Anniversary Festival in two weekends. That is pretty exciting. Or is it next weekend? Maybe next weekend. I think it's weekend after that. But uh, I'm going to two of the four nights, which is a little bit of a bummer. I kind of want to go to the first night out in Saxapaha at the Hall River Ballroom with Eric Bachman and Teenage Fan Club, because I very much like Eric Bachman and Teenage Fan Club. But... That seems really ambitious to go to three nights of shows when I got a baby and I don't get enough sleep and I have to get up super early in the morning. So, yeah, I was very tired after Yesayer. I don't know how I'm going to do this two days in a row. But it's pretty exciting. My friend Rebecca is coming down. Her old band, The Spinnings, is playing the fourth night of the Merge Festival, uh, which is very exciting. I saw Spinnings back in the day when they were on Sub Pop and they were like a hit band everybody saw. But, you know, it's been... 20 years since I've seen the Spinanes and definitely haven't seen them since I've known Rebecca I saw her solo back before I knew her too but yeah this is cool we're gonna I'm gonna see you hang out with her um it should be a good weekend I'm very excited for Merge 30 uh, a bunch of new music this last two or three weeks uh let's see Shellac has a new album The End of Radio it's their John Peel sessions uh the Shellac are very 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 big fans of John Peel and they played the tribute show and things like that and they put out an album of all their BBC sessions and it is great good to have more Shellac in my life even if all the songs I already know they've got some old ones like The Admiral they got Study As She Goes they got a really great version sort of a John Peel version of the end of radio of course which is the name of the album so that's awesome i really miss seeing shellac there was a period of my life i was seeing him for about 10 years once a year maybe twice and now i haven't seen him in years and i could just totally see them again ah, they should come through the triangle man i would make time out of my life to see shellac again I listened to this great band, Molly, a song called All That Ever Could Have Been. I think this was a Nikki Digital recommendation. It was really great. Uh, it's total full-on shoegaze, and I'm super into it. I've listened to it like four times now. Uh, I've also listened to Western Stars by Bruce Springsteen. I don't know if I mentioned that last time I talked. I think I did, but my God, it's so great. I've listened to it like five times in the last five days, and I strongly recommend it. It makes me happy. Although, interestingly, I can't pick out a single standout track. Maybe the last one, but like it's just as a whole, the album is just fantastic. Uh, soft cavalry album which features what's her name from slow dive rachel goswell uh that's a great record a little bit more weird and poppy than i thought i thought it'd be pull, full on shoegaze and it is definitely pretty shoegaze but it's got some interesting quirks to it that uh, it's interesting there's a little genre bending there and i'm really into it listen to the tom york an album anima it's fine it's I, I'm not really i used to be obsessed with radiohead but more like the first or second album and Maybe the third. <laughs> I don't remember, you know. 
I saw them on the, the first album. I saw them several times in OK Computer. Saw them on Kid A and Amnesiac, but I, by Amnesiac, I kind of lost interest. I still buy all their albums, and I don't know. It was OK. It was fine, but it didn't do anything exciting for me. In fact, it kind of reminded me of the next album, which is His Name is Alive's new album, All the Mirrors in the House, which are a compilation of songs that Warren DeFever from His Name is Alive made in high school from the age of 13 to 17, I think. And they're just fantastic, and that's actually unfair because it's, you know, it's a lot like Anima is a lot like all the mirrors in the house but this was made 20 years ago by a 13 year old kid so i guess that tells you what i think of anima by tom york uh, i listened to the new titus adronicus album it is called an obelisk it was really good pretty rockin deserves a second listen they will be playing the merge fest and i bet it'll be really good live i've seen them live a few times through the years and i'm always very impressed and then i buy their albums and i'm like this is really good i start one or two tracks but they never really stick with me but i like them and so i'm gonna i'm gonna check that out live that'll be good uh, then I listened to this album called What Nature Gives, Nature Takes Away by a band called The Membranes that I know nothing about and I don't know why I listened to it, but it is very interesting and weird and it's kind of unique and I was into it. A little uh, psych, a little strange, a little folky, a little dancey. Um, yeah, it's good. I strongly recommend it. It also deserves a... Th I think I've listened to it twice now, so it deserves a third listen. And then Yesterday in the Mail, finally, I pre-ordered this about five months ago, but the soundtrack to the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, Once More with Feeling, came out. Uh, I got the vinyl, and I bought it. I bought it for Emma's birthday because I got the limited edition version with the Buffy Slayer jacket. So, but, you know, for the vinyl, it was for me. Always buy your, your significant other birthday presents that are also for you, right? So it was one for each of us. It was a great deal, but, you know, it didn't deliver for like months so it just came so i listened to that yesterday i have not watched the episode in like five years and i've only seen it once but i was like oh yeah this episode this was a good time uh you know when i was watching the episode i'm like these people can all really sing you listen to it on vinyl you're like oh no they can't really sing this is definitely the cast doing this <laughs> that was kind of interesting and then i still have my vinyl me please subscription and i forgot to go up there on the 23rd or whatever the month and see what the records were and pick the one i liked most so i just got the the, the default selection which was uh this gentleman named jorge ben an album called africa brazil that is exactly what it sounds like sort of a world music album african and brazilian infused it was pretty good it's interesting i'm totally out of my wheelhouse and i enjoyed it so you know that's kind of what vinyl me please is all about right so that was pretty cool and then i also finished my project of going through that record crate that was just sitting there that was supposedly my heavy rotation bin but never got played and i listened to them all one last time maybe two in some cases and i put them away so i will go through those for you real quick and tell you what it is but this will be the end of this two weeks or two episode special segment uh i listened to the bonnie prince billy and marquita trend album again the marquita trend of course is the drummer i think the name is jim white of uh the dirty three and it is a fantastic record. It's how I got into Bonnie Prince Billy. My old roommate Nick was always really into Will, Will Oldham, but I didn't really know much about him. And then Bonnie Prince Billy and Marquita trying to open for Low at the Somerville Theater. I'm going to guess like 98, 99. And I just thought they were fantastic. So I bought that record uh on cd but i bought the vinyl like three years ago so it's been in this bin because i just respect it so much but now i've given it one last listen and i put it away i listened to an album by an act called semiotic which is my friend Cassin's one of his projects and that was really great bought it like a year or two ago uh deserted songs by mercury rev which are the demos for deserter songs it was a 2013 record store day purchase i don't think it's been sitting in that bin for six years but i don't remember buying it <laughs> So, but it was really good. Good demos. Really into it. Uh, listen to Prinzhorn Dance School, Home Economics. I really like that band. They're on uh, James Murphy's label, whatever that's called. 
I can't remember the name right now because I'm old and I forget things all the time. But anyway, I really like that. I bought it right when I around when we moved in here. The theme music to this show is a ripoff of one of their songs. Not a ripoff, but you know, inspired by one of their songs called Rain, R-E-I-G-N. And uh, so I gave that a listen and put it away. Thanked it for its service, Marie Kondo style. <laughs> Uh, Love of Life by the Swans, my favorite Swans record. Bought it on vinyl a couple years back, paid a pretty penny for it when I sold the CD. I really needed it on vinyl. I have most of the early Swans and late Swans on vinyl, but I never had that one. And now I do, and it was great. And I love that record, and I really love her on that record a whole lot, and the song Love of Life. And No Cure for the Lonely. Oh my God, there's so many good songs on that record. That girl's so much better than me, but it always goes wrong. There's no cure for the lonely. Oh my God, why isn't Michael Jaira in karaoke bars? I could kill it on Swan's karaoke. For the love of life. Also, that tour was awesome. Uh, I went with my friend Mike Anderson. There's these like two really hot women in the front making out with each other we drove mike's car there and it died afterwards and he he left it and abandoned it in south campus of boston university and he got out of the car and jumped on it and kicked it it was really great great night great night so you know love of life by the swans one of my favorite records i gave 22 a million by bon iver another spin gave it a couple spins when it came out and forgot about it but i really liked it upon realist and i've changed my mind i'm kind of annoyed with that guy because some friend of mine was telling me all about he doesn't let his picture be taken and he think faces are for friends which is like one of the dumbest theories I've ever heard because like why would a thing that is literally the thing we present to everybody else be only for friends doesn't really make sense to me but the record was really good and I think I've come around on it and you know if he wants to believe faces are friends that's his business that's fine maybe he never wanted to be as famous as he is and he's suffering in his fame and you know while he works with Bruce Hornsby a really great collaboration by the way you know Everybody can do what they want. It's cool, but I don't buy into it myself. Uh, then I listened to the Angel Olsen record, My Woman, which is awesome, and I loved it, and that's why it was still in the bin, and it was good to listen to that again. Been a couple years. So the last Jesus and Mary Chain album, Damage and Joy, which is way better than it should be. Those guys still make great records. Nobody cares, but I care, and they're great live. Better live than they were back in the day when they were cool, actually, because back then they were drunk and they didn't really care, and now they're like, oh, we have a career. We should totally attend to it. So I respect that. New Orders that way too, by the way. Uh, not the last, but the previous two last Strand of Oaks album, Hard Love, which is one, the one I got into Strand of Oaks on because somebody told me I'd like them and they were right. Thank you, whoever that was. Uh, and so I've been listening to the more recent Strand of Oaks album a lot, but I gave Hard Love another listen that was really good. Waxahachie's two albums back, Cerulean and Salt, which is the album that I got into Waxahachie on after reading a New Yorker article. They're playing the Merge Festival, so that'll be really good. I've never seen them live, even though they've been through like four or five times, but it was all when I was doing child stuff. Uh, the Red House Painter's second album, The Bridge Album, which was the one I didn't have on vinyl and I bought a couple years back to like fill out my, uh, what's his name? Mark Koslick, Red House Painter's Sun Kill Moon collection. I have them all on vinyl now, which is kind of disturbing because that guy's a weirdo. Uh, but you know, I like him. I even sing about him in one of my songs. Mark said he'd come and play in Chapel Hill. <laughs> Someday you'll hear these songs and you will not be impressed. Uh, and then Nazi Star. So Tonight That I May See, which is one of my favorite albums. It got reissued on Purple Vinyl a couple years back. And I bought that. I had the first Nazi Star album on vinyl already. And the third one. And I think the fourth one. There are four Nazi Star albums. So, you know, bought that a couple years ago when I was in a completist binge. Probably when I sold the CD. I don't even really remember. Television. Let's see. We watched Chernobyl. Everybody said it was great. 
maybe I shouldn't listen to everyone. It was good. I mean, uh, it was amazingly art directed and shot. It was beautiful. And the acting was solid. All the cast is amazing. The, the, the secondary casting is great. The soundtrack was okay. A little, a little, nah, you know, like I read somewhere it's Johan Johansson's assistant when he died. Now you can kind of, it sounds kind of like a, a second rate Johan Johansson, which is a mean thing to say. A little too noisy and ambient, pointlessly so. And then in a couple of places, really overwrought in the choral thing, which I wasn't really into. But really the problem is, is that like we read too much about Chernobyl and you know I was alive so I knew more than probably a lot of people did uh and I was like 14 when it happened so I was paying attention but you know the scientific inaccuracies kind of ruined it for me a little bit uh, I tried to I had to put that aside uh, but I really enjoyed it I enjoyed the ending I enjoyed the testimony uh it was very well done but I and you know interestingly I think it would have been just as well done if they had not done the like three or four weird inaccuracies that's kind of bugs me about it uh and then we're still watching Marvel's Agents of Shield which is not a great season for them I feel like they're writing for dialogue and plot points and everything in between is kind of like secondary so that's kind of a bummer because I like that show and I was thinking about it when I was listening to that Buffy soundtrack like this is all Joss Whedon's really doing he's not even really doing it I don't even know what Joss Whedon's up to anymore because this is his brother that does this show um yeah I don't know it's it's interesting ish but I'm just like eh. there's only three more episodes though, so we will finish it movies well, like I said we saw Midsommar uh, we won't talk about that anymore. And when I say we, I just mean I, because Emma wasn't going to go to that. She doesn't do horror films at all, although it was not scary and not much of a horror film, so I don't really know. Maybe she would have been fine with it. Uh, and lest ye think I'm not into anything anymore, we went to see Toy Story 4, which was basically perfect, and it was a fantastic film, and I loved it, and we both cried. And then we went home, and we watched Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 over the holiday week, my vacation week, and they were all great. They just keep getting better. It's a little bit of a toss-up between 3 and 4, which is better. It's also super interesting to watch the animation get better, and there's like little uh, things they do in like the pizza planet. It's like a pizza delivery shop that is like in the first movie, big part. I barely remember the first movie. I'm not even sure I ever saw it. And I got an email and then, you know, it like keeps going through the second, third and fourth movie. And like, you, you know, the cast, like they come and go in each movie, like the fourth movie is Bo Peep. And I had forgotten completely that Bo Peep was even in the first movie. So yeah, they, they work together very well watching them all in rapid succession. I strongly recommend it. Let's go check that email. Uh, that was the automated email from Buster and Kellyanne from 750 Words, but I already wrote today. We'll talk about that later. Uh, yeah, so Toy Story movies, Toy Story 4 was fantastic, and then we went and saw Spider-Man Far From Home, which I thought was very, very good as well. Uh, I liked its quirky plot, and we went home and rewatched Spider-Man Homecoming because I didn't remember anything about it, and I, I noticed two things. One, in the Marvel MCU, there is no origin story for Spider-Man. There's no, like, he got bit by a radioactive spider. We don't know what really happened. They don't talk about it. He just appears and... Captain America Civil War, which I also watched because I was like, where is the origin story of Spider-Man in the MCU? And there isn't one, so I had to watch all two of those movies to be sure. I had 10 days off. What do you want? Uh, but anyway, Spider-Man Far From Home was very, very good, so I noticed that about it. And then, of course, the other day I was thinking, like, you know, this happens after the blip, they call it. No spoilers, but I, you probably know that uh, in Avengers Endgame, the un, everything is undone from Avengers Infinity War, so and, and Spider Man takes place after that. But I'm like, you know what? Half these people would have died immediately. Like, if the world's population was only half as big for five years, we would have stopped growing a bunch of extra food for those other people. And if they all ran, randomly showed up, like a billion people would have died in Africa in like a month. 
but they didn't talk about that. So that's probably a problem. I'm assuming that's going to be in the next Black Panther movie. Wakanda probably took care of them all, right? Uh, so yeah, I watched all those and I was like trying to just remember the order of this whole Infinity Gauntlet thing. And I had a lot of time on my hands. So then I went and rewatched Thor Ragnarok and Avengers Age of Ultron. So I got it all sorted now. Avengers Age of Ultron, I've only watched once in the theater because I didn't think it was a good movie. But actually a ton of stuff happens in it that you need to remember and know about. So I'm glad I watched it again. And it was not as bad as I thought it was. Uh, so that was, you know, uh, that was how I spent my evenings. Uh, because I've watched these before, I can put them on like while we're taking care of Jane and stuff like that. And she's going to bed. We don't usually don't watch anything in that time because you can't really pay attention. You're more playing with her. But I was just sort of half watching them, you know. Anyway, books. I finished Endless Frontier, Vannevar Bush, Engineer of the American Century by G. Pascal Zachary. It was pretty good. It was great. I learned a lot about Vannevar Bush. And it was really interesting because then I ran into Colin at the show. Didn't run into him. We went together. And he had just read American Prometheus about Robert Oppenheimer. So we were like telling each other about parts of the book where the two of them overlap because Bush oversaw the Manhattan Project and Oppenheimer. And he was Oppenheimer's biggest defender at his House of American Activities trial and blah, blah, blah. It was all very interesting. Um, kind of pretty much what I suspected, though. In the end, Vannevar just got old and died and never really did anything with Raytheon. They always talk about him like he's a you know, co-founder of Raytheon. And he was and he lived off that money, but he didn't really do it. He never went back. He didn't like make Raytheon into the thing it is today or anything like that. So I cleared up that confusion. And then I've been reading Death and Life of the American of, of Cities by Jane Jacobs. Death and Life of Cities uh, by Jane Jacobs. And it's good. Uh, Harry said something interesting to me when we were at dinner. He was like, you know, she gets accused a lot of the like modern day liberal nimbyism. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I can kind of see that. So I've been reading a book kind of with my eye towards that. But she doesn't really say the things people think she does. She's really into density, you know, like and she's into like uh, mixed use. And she's, you know, exactly the things that nimbies are against. Liberal nimbies are against. She's for. So, uh, you know, I think people should probably maybe go back to the source. But at the same time, I'm like, this book is kind of tedious. I'm not going to lie. It's like there is some research, but it's not you know it's, there's no quality quantitative research and it's like a lot of her opinions and personal experience and i'm like man i wish i could write a book like this but you really can't write books like that anymore i mean you can when mainstream publishing politi political books are like this all the time but i would never write a book like that i would want like studies to back things up and stuff like that um and it's just it's a little slow but it's good, and I'm almost done. It made me really interested in urban planning, but it really does drive home how little people know about urban planning. Because, you know, this book is from the 50s, and I'm reading it now, and I'm like, okay, I can see what's changed from what you know, her influence on modern urban planning. I can see the parts they ignored, and, and it's kind of fascinating. Like, we still, we you know, like looking at New York, we still make these mega block things. We don't do anything like, you know, Stytown anymore. But you look on the Lurie side, that's the theater thing on Delancey by the bridge. It's still like a mega block thing. She would be very against that sort of thing. So we don't really listen to her. And some of the things I'm like, yeah, that's not really true. But uh, it's interesting. And it's kind of like, I don't know a lot about urban planning. This is another thing I'm just sort of diving into. I've always been fascinated with urban planning because I picked up a Paolo Soleri arcology book when I was young. But um, I don't really know anything about it. So the first part of this book where she was giving a background, the, the current and historical theories of urban planning was super interesting. And then the part about that she's talking about, like 80% of it, you already know, like this is what they tell you about Jane Jacobs. And then the other 20% is like, it's interesting because I'm thankful for Harry because now I'm reading with this eye towards like what a modern NIMBY would take from Jane Jacobs to justify their NIMBYism. And, you know, so I can be ready if I ever have to argue with one of them. <laughs> be like, well, I recently read that book again. Blah, 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 blah. I dream of that a lot when I read these books. But but it never really happens, except I suppose it just did when Colin read American Prometheus and I was reading Endless Frontier. But it doesn't happen very often. Reading is a pretty solitary activity. Book clubs are made for a reason because we're all pretty much alone in our reading, you know. 
anyway, I will finish that probably this, I mean, definitely this week, but I'm probably three or four books behind at this point. So I don't really know what I'm going to do. I got to find some bunch of short books to catch up. I should just read some more Colette, but I don't know. I don't really care enough to read a bunch more Colette. I mean, I will read it this year, but I want something, you know, I can sink my teeth into like a sci-fi series or something. So yeah, that's about it. Let's see. Work's going well. We're making a ton of money this week because of Amazon Prime Day on Monday, which is great. Yeah, we're killing it. We had our highest day of the year yesterday. Let's see how it's today doing. Mm, my beat yesterday. So that's nice. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to talk about work much. I signed up and paid for a newsletter. That was pretty exciting. Uh, Luke O'Neill, an old friend of mine from Boston, writes an amazing new letter, newsletter. I'd read three or four of them, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to support Luke, and I just paid for it. It was because the guy from Portugal, the man who's from Wasilla, Alaska, wrote an article about Alaska with all the crap that's going on in Alaska. It's really upsetting with the governor. I don't want to talk about it right now. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is good. This is good content. I'm going to pay him, so I paid him. Uh, then I read a great article about how Queens and New York are doing fine without the Amazon <laughs> deal, and Amazon is hiring a bunch more people in New York, and I feel really great about it. So, uh, Colin and I talked about that too. And I was like, look, I wasn't against Amazon being in New York. I'm just against them giving a bunch of money for it. He's like, oh, okay, I see. Uh, and then I was talking to my friend Buster and he's redoing 750 words, which I'm so excited about because I still write every day. I've done great this month. I've written every day of the month and I'm very excited. And he's finally rewriting it because like he's making an iOS app, a mobile app. I don't know if he's making Android. I assume so. And that's like the hardest thing because it doesn't scroll right when you're doing the web view. And so that is very, very exciting for me. And he invited me to this Discord group where he's got like his whole Discord thing with all his friends and and like it's overwhelming. I stick to my 750 words channel. I had a Discord account. I read an article back when it started and I signed up, but I've never been on a Discord. And I just got into his and I was like, oh my god, this is so many people talking all the time about so much stuff. And it's kind of interesting because I can see this is where everybody's going from Facebook and like why my Facebook feed is really empty. And that's kind of a good thing. But at the same time, I was looking at it, I was like, this is too much. I can't really do it. And I'm like, I don't know. Can you guys let me know? Do you guys any of you guys have a Discord that are interesting? or friends or is there secretly one with a bunch of my friends on it that I don't know about or something like that because I, I would like to keep ex experimenting exploring discord it was, it was interesting to me it was interesting to me for this week i rallied i did my best you'll notice a couple bad edits in here because i'm too lazy to go fix them you can play midsomar for that if you liked it draw me a line i'm curious i i, I can good naturedly disagree with my friends on artistic topics so don't worry i won't i won't hold it against you i hope you guys have a lovely week you're having a lovely summer I hope everything's working out for you. If not, drop a line. I like I miss my friends. Let's let's have a little chat. See what's going on in your life. Take care, and I'll talk to you guys in another week or two. And uh, yeah, bye.